Living with Diabetes, a podcast from Diabetes Victoria with Jack Fitzpatrick. Hello, one and all. Thanks for tuning in to the official Diabetes Victoria podcast. This is a great forum for those of us impacted by diabetes, whether it be directly or indirectly, to discuss ideas, share stories, and build our diabetes community. I'm Jack Fitzpatrick, ex-Melbourne and Hawthorne AFL player and current Diabetes Victoria ambassador. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the Kulin Nations, where we are speaking from today, as well as all the lands across Australia, and pay my respects to all elders past and present, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening in. July is National Eye Health Awareness Month. July. I love a good little pun. In this episode, we'll be exploring the link between eye health and diabetes, and we are lucky to be joined by Associate Professor Peter Van Wingarden. Peter, how are you today? I'm great, thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, just a little snippet of who you are and what you do. You are the Principal Investigator at the Centre for Eye Research Australia and a consultant op... Now, pardon my pronunciation. I've been practising all night. I've been staying up, but cons- you're a consultant ophthalmopolo- no, ophthalmologist. How did I go? I got got there. there. Excellent. Uh, At the Medical Retina Clinic in the Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital. And you've been a Deputy Director at CRA since 2017. That's some rap sheet you've got there, Peter. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, accumulated a few titles along the way, but it's a long journey to uh, being a, a researcher and an ophthalmologist. So I think that's probably inevitable. I can only imagine, mate. Now, eye health and, and, and working with people's eyes. I mean, before we get into July and, and all the things around eye health and, and diabetes, um, I just thought I'd discuss your story and why eye health and, and what what exactly led you down this path of working with people. Um, yeah, so when I did medicine, um, ophthalmology wasn't really on the cards. You know, I was um, heading to be a, a general physician. Um but I was really struck by, when I did an eye rotation by the fact that you can make a big difference in people's lives. You know, we now have tremendous treatments that can really profoundly change someone's quality of life. And it's a tremendously rewarding um, area of medicine to work in. So I guess I, I got the bug and, um, and then started doing some research. Uh, and that led me on a path to doing both clinical work and research to try and improve things for the future eye health. So it was always, uh, I guess, medicine in general was was the passion and then it was a little bit later that it was eye health in, in particular. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess my real um, introduction to eye health after the, the sort of first rotation uh, in the hospital that got me interested was um, was some exposure to some research um, and, and helping patients with the latest state-of-the-art treatments. Um, I did my uh, PhD at, um, at Flinders University in South Australia uh, and then did my eye training in Melbourne and um, had the great uh, fortune of going overseas to the UK um, to do a postdoctoral fellowship uh, at Cambridge University. Um, and it was fantastic to, to spend a couple of years uh, in England, but also to see how another health system works. And it makes you appreciate um, what we have here in Australia, um, but also you can see some things um, that, that other countries do well. And um, diabetic eye disease is, is one thing that's done um, very well in the UK. And so I was quite passionate about bringing what I'd seen work so well in England um, back to Australia. 
it's one way uh, to put it, taking the best of all uh, the best practice around the world. Now, July, as I said in the introduction, I love a good pun. So J-U-L-E-Y-E for July is, as we said, National Eye Health Awareness Month. And there's obviously a clear link between eye health and diabetes. So um, is it diabetes in particular that you work with or is it all forms of eye health? Uh, Your specific involvement with diabetes, Peter? Yeah, so um, my, my involvement is with the sort of the eye health side of diabetes. I have um, got uh, a number of other research areas that I'm interested in, um, but I'm you know really passionate about trying to make a difference for eye health for Australians with diabetes, and um, you know that takes up quite a bit of my time and focus. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Now, the key messages of uh, diabetes um, health aware. Sorry. National Eye Health Awareness Month. I got should uh, clarify that. Now that's that all people living with diabetes are at risk of vision loss. Um, most vision loss can be prevented or treated if detected early. Um, diabetic eye disease often has no dis- no symptoms in the early stages. Uh, regular diabetes eye health checks are key to detecting diabetes eye disease early. And of course, the KeepSight program, which I know we will certainly touch on a little bit later. Now, I know that all sounds scary about a potential loss of vision and, and things like that, but this isn't about making people scared or threatening people. This is simply about raising awareness and um, helping with either early detection or even prevention, um, Peter. Absolutely. I think um, the, the key message there, because um, it was quite a bit to unpack in that, and, and I guess we will uh, work through some of that in the next 20 minutes or so, um, but the key message is um, with diabetic eye disease, the vast majority of vision loss and blindness is avoidable through regular checkups and um, appropriate treatment at the right time. So that's the take-home message is that, you know, investing in your eye health for the future is as simple as getting regular checks. It is as simple as getting regular checks, but there are certainly many reasons for why people do and and do not. And again, I think we will get into that a little bit later. But the first question I, I wanted to ask, Peter, was how specifically is diabetes related to eye health and how does diabetes affect people's eye health? So diabetes um, results in some changes um, in, in sugar in the blood, which affect the, um, the blood vessels, the very delicate blood vessels throughout the body, but particularly in the eye. So these are really delicate pipes as they were. Um, you can think of it a bit like a plumbing system and, and they're very fragile. Um, and so over many, many years of diabetes, there are changes to the lining of those, those little blood vessels or those pipes. Um, and that can result in them um, springing a few leaks, so becoming a little bit leaky. Um, and the tissue in the back of the eye, the retina, which is the, the um, tissue that is required for vision, is extremely sensitive. And so any leakage results in swelling of that, and that can um, blur the vision. One of the um, important things to know is that these changes that happen very, very gradually over many years often um, can progress without any symptoms until they're quite advanced. So you can actually get um, the vision can be normal, um, but the disease can be quite advanced in the back of the eye. Um, eye doctors and optometrists can see those early changes in the eye and start to track um, that progression before it threatens a vision. And there are some sort of key points at which treatment is, is well known to help save um, vision, so prevent people from 
from ever losing um, or, or, or getting that deterioration in their vision. And so that's the important message there, that this is brewing slowly in the background. You may not be aware of it, um, but your eye doctor optometrist can often detect those early changes and, um, and advise treatment when the time's right. So for someone like myself and, you know, we, we can sometimes think we're young and, and invincible and, and everything's going okay, um, but whilst there are no obvious signs or symptoms at the moment, um, I certainly could be at risk of uh, developing um, eye, health, eye health issues. Yes, absolutely. And, and I guess the, the message is that by, by not getting a check, you don't know where you stand um, and therefore, you know, you, you could find that by the time you start getting visual symptoms – things have, have progressed quite far. So it's not to say you can't get good outcomes when your vision is affected, but the best outcomes are, you know, by knowing exactly where you are in the course of diabetic eye disease. Because if we have a look at um, community studies, if we recruit people from the community that have diabetes and we look in their eyes, we know that about one in three people um, will have some degree of diabetic eye disease, some changes in those blood vessels at the back of the eye. So it's quite common. Um, and the major risk factors for that progressing are um, the duration of diabetes. So the longer you've had diabetes, the greater the risk of having changes in the blood vessels at the back of the eye. Um, and also if your blood sugars are above the agreed target levels uh, for a prolonged period um, and I guess the important thing to stress there as well is that it's it's really about long term um, long term levels rather than short term fluctuations because we all know that that life happens and blood sugars and blood pressures can can get a little bit out of um, kilter at times um, but it's really um, being persistently above target levels that puts you at risk of um, of diabetic eye disease. And now, I guess one thing that that can come of this, and you find it a lot in many areas of diabetes, is, um, I suppose, a stigma that comes around with complications of diabetes. And I, I guess the message that one in three people developing some form of eye disease, um, there's certainly no shame about it whatsoever. It's just another thing that we encourage people to try and stay on top of as much as possible. Absolutely, and and you know over. 20 years, about two-thirds of people, within 20 years of diagnosis, about two-thirds of people will have some signs of diabetic eye disease. Um, the important thing to note is that not, in not all of those people will that be sight-threatening, um, but it's key to know exactly where you are so that you can be in charge and in control um, and get the best outcomes for your vision for the longer term. It's 100%. It's no different to keeping physically active and, and remaining in shape and, and things like that. Now, the most common, I believe, complication is diabetic retinopathy. How did my pronunciation go there, Peter? That, that's perfect. Yeah. Well done, Jack. Um, so, yeah, that's the, <laughs> doing well. Doing well. So, that's um, diabetic retinopathy is a term, the medical term that's used to describe those changes in the blood vessels um, that we as eye doctors and, and optometrists can, can look in and see. Um, and Basically, over time, the, the small blood vessels in the back of the eye, the capillaries, um, get a little bit blocked, um, and that can lead to areas of that retina not getting enough oxygen and, and nutrients. And so what the retina does is it makes a chemical to make new blood vessels grow, which sounds like it's a, you know, a useful thing to do. But unfortunately, um, those blood vessels don't grow in a very orderly fashion, uh, and they are prone to ble bleeding and leakage, and that can then lead to, to problems. 
So I suppose the question with not not noticing in the early stages, um, is that because things can be really gradual to the point where because you know because it's happening every day you don't notice it and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and and it's 50% worse than it once was or why exactly is it that it can be you know no symptoms in the early stages um yeah it's it's exactly that jack partly because things are progressing slowly but also because the area of the um the back of the eye that tends to be involved early on is the more peripheral parts of the vision that aren't necessarily responsible for your detailed seeing vision so your central vision can be good, um, but your peripheral vision can gut, start getting affected. Um, and it's when those blood vessels have grown um, and bled that you can suddenly get blurring of the vision. So you might suddenly notice um, an onset of things floating past the vision. You know, they might have a sort of a reddish or brownish tinge uh, and they increase over, you know, a, a period of, of days or hours. Um, so that's that's one reason. Um the other, the other thing to say is that um, we've spoken about diabetic retinopathy, but there's also another um, subset of diabetic eye disease called diabetic macular edema, and that's a term that, that many of the listeners will have heard about before, macular edema. And that's where the blood vessels that supply the central area of vision, um, the macula, um, start leaking, and that's when the, the central part of, of the retina becomes um, swollen and the vision starts getting a bit cloudy. So the times that people usually present with vision impairment from, from diabetic eye disease is either when they have macular edema, that's swelling in the central vision, so um, words on the page might look a bit distorted or fuzzy, um, or when they have, like, um, bleeding within the the um, the cavity of the eye called a vitreous hemorrhage where they see these floaters. Okay. And just to reiterate your point from before now, this can impact all people with diabetes. This isn't just specifically type 1 or type 2. This is everyone. Um, and it, as you said, it, the, you're more at risk, I suppose, the, the longer you have diabetes, but it, doesn't, it certainly doesn't have to wait, that's for sure. That's right. Um, the, the, the important point there is that many people who are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes have had um, some um, pre-diabetes for many years beforehand. Um, and so that's why it's really important to get a check when you're first diagnosed because diabetes may have been present for many years before you're actually diagnosed. So sometimes we see retinopathy uh, at the time of diagnosis in people with, with type 2. So that's an important thing to remember. Um, we do know that the risk increases quite um, significantly after about 15 uh, years. So, so you know, if you've had diabetes for 15 years, then that's really a, a key time to make sure that you're really, really compliant with those regular checks. And then other things include uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and these types of things that they uh, can also put you at further risk. Yeah. And again, I think the same comment that I made before about blood sugar, it's really, it's the long-term control that's the key thing here. So it's not just the short-term fluctuations. Um, you know, it's important to note that, you know, variation in, in sugar and blood pressure and cholesterol is quite normal. And, um, and you know, you have to live with your, your diabetes and, and life happens. It's more about being within the target range um, on average. So, um, you know, it's it's a case of the long-term control that's the key risk factor here. Um, that being said, you know, the best safeguard against diabetic eye disease, and in fact most complications of diabetes is actually 
keeping those um, those risk factors within the target range that you've set together with your doctor. And even a small improvement in those factors, the blood sugar, the blood pressure and the cholesterol can have a huge impact on your long-term risk. So you, there really is um, a small change can make a really big difference on, on the long-term risk. Another reason, as you know, we, we've spoken about so many times before, as to try and stay on top of all of that stuff as much as possible. Now, this is a lot about prevention of vision loss and prevention of uh, such uh, eye, eye disease um, because, as you said earlier, a lot of it is preventable if, if we detect early enough. That's right, yes. Um, and and we know from um, from the UK, so returning back to my, um, my time in Cambridge, um, in the UK um, they introduced a screening program to to regularly check, invite everyone in the UK that was known to have diabetes uh, for an eye exam every year. Um, And within 10 years of introducing those regular checks, um, the rates of blindness registrations in the UK fell dramatically. So diabetes was the leading cause of blindness registrations uh, for adults in, in England and Wales for the 50 years that records had been kept. And within 10 years of introducing these regular checks, it fell down the list to number three. So that was the first time in in history that diabetes was no longer the leading cause of blindness registrations in the UK. So it shows that through regular checks, you can actually prevent blindness, which is really powerful. Uh, Talking of these regular regular checks, if I was to go and and see my doctor and and get this organised, what exactly can I expect as part of these diabetes eye health checks? Yeah, so most of um, the diabetes eye health checks happen in optometry. Some general practitioners are now um, buying cameras or using cameras to take a photograph at the back of the eye. Um, but the basic um, components of a diabetes eye check are a check of the vision, um, like you would get when you go for your, your glasses check, and then um, a check of the back of the eye. Um, that will either happen with a, a photograph, so a, a white light flash uh, with a special photograph to take a picture of the back of the eye. And that's a really good way to record what, what things are looking like with those small blood vessels at the back of the eye um, or a, an examination at a, um, a special piece of equipment called a slit lamp, which is a bit like a microscope to have a look in the eye. Very often that involves the use of a drop to dilate the pupil, so open up the, the black part of the eye so that the, um, the optometrist or, or uh, eye doctor can have a good look inside the eye. Um, so all in all, it's about half an hour. Um, the, if you do get the eye drops, it may mean that the vision's a little bit blurred or, or light sensitive for a few hours. And so it's always advisable if you are getting an eye check for your diabetes that you, you don't drive to the appointment that you get either public transport or someone um, drops you off. Um, but it's as simple as that. It's about half an hour. And um, the general recommendation is that people with diabetes get an eye check every two years um, and more frequently if you're in a higher risk group and we can talk about those risk factors shortly. So when I go, now, am I able to just walk straight into an optometrist or, or do I need a referral from a doctor or, or how does how does this work? Um, so you can you can go directly to an optometrist and, and get an eye check and um, the important thing to say there is that, um, you know, many, many optometry practices will bulk bill for diabetes eye checks. So it's always worth checking in advance because that is one of the, the perceived barriers to having regular eye checks is the cost of, of, um, of an eye check. So many practices will do that without charging you out of pocket. Um, 
But getting back to the importance of a doctor referral, um, the great thing about getting a referral from your um, general practitioner is that then the general practitioner will find out the results of the eye exam. And that's a really important point because when when the optometrist or the ophthalmologist is looking in your eyes, they're, what they're doing is actually seeing a, a really great snapshot of your overall diabetes health. Looking at those little blood vessels is something that we can do in the eye, but we can't do anywhere else in the body. So it's a really important piece of information that helps your doctor to, to realise how, how the diabetes management's going and it can inform your management. And so getting a referral from your GP is often the best step um, because it means that the, the, um, the results of that exam can go back to your GP. Oh, I can only imagine how uh, important that is with your overall diabetes care team with actually knowing these results so we continually have something to compare to and report back on and something, you know, every every time we go back, as you said, we recommend getting these checks, um, you know, reasonably often so we continually can monitor the improvement or, or potential disintegration of, of eye health. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and you know, when, when I speak to GPs, they, they often say, look, we would love to know um, what the results of our patients' eye exams are, but unfortunately we often don't get that information back. So it's another thing to, um, to tell the listeners that you, you should definitely ask um, when you have an eye check for those results to go back to your doctor because they, they are really important in guiding your overall diabetes um, management. And once again, I, I suppose I must stress that none of this is uh, about trying to catch you out or, or shame you or embarrass you if things uh, aren't going as well as you would like them to. This is purely about trying to be as healthy as possible and looking after yourself and, and having as good a care management program as possible. Now, I'm I'm sure that you, you spoke about some practices bulk billing with their um, diabetes eye health checks earlier, but I'm sure there are quite a few other um, reasons that people don't get them other than the cost in terms of misconceptions or or lack of understanding about what's involved that uh, you're probably dealing with all the time. Yeah, and and these are these are common, and and so it's really important to sort of clarify these things. I mean, a lot of people. Um, with diabetes are juggling a lot of other priorities, um, managing other aspects of their health. And so, um, you know, it's not uncommon to forget about your eyes, particularly if your vision's fine. So a common um, reason for not getting the eye checks as frequently as is recommended is because, you know, your vision's fine and the last time you were checked, everything was okay. So maybe it's okay to, to give it a, a miss this time around. Um, but it's really important to to think that, that it's an investment in your long-term eye health and that it is important to actually get those checks regularly. It is the most important thing you can do to safeguard your vision in the longer term. So so being busy, um, having good vision are common reasons that people put off or delay things. Um, there's also a bit of a, um, a, a sense that because the interval between those exams up to two years um, is quite long, you can sort of think, well, oh, it's two years, so maybe it's not all that important and, you know, what's another year in the mix? But, um, you know, that that is is uh, a, a risk that things are progressing and that you're missing out on a chance to to get in and, and treat it at the right time. Particularly, uh, I suppose, from, from, a, from a, a perspective that uh, you can be developing something without the symptoms of it, um, the regularity of it, it can only can be multiply important i suppose absolutely absolutely it's um 
you know, seeing those those um, signs and, and that's why a regular checkup is important because we can detect changes from the last um, review, um, you know, and if there are changes, even if it's not yet at the, t- at the point at which um, treatment's required, we might say, oh, look, you know, in, in the time since you last checked, there, there have been some changes, so I'm going to ask you to come back a little bit sooner next time. So even if you're not having treatment at that time, your eye doctor or your optometrist might say, well, let's see you in six months instead because I'm a little bit concerned that there's been a change and we'll just keep a closer eye on things. So that's, um, that's really important that you're not missing out on that chance to, to, um, to get in and treat at the right time. Um, absolutely. And I think, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, another reason that we, we commonly hear about is that people have um, gone for a, a glasses update and they've had their vision tested on the charts and, and that's often confused with the diabetes eye check. So, you know, the GP might say, oh, have you had your eyes checked? And, and you might say, oh, yep, yep, had the glasses updated and, and checked the vision and everything was fine. Um, but the important thing to stress is that a diabetes eye exam must involve a, a photograph or an examination of the back of the eye because without that we cannot know um, what level of, of retinopathy is present. So that is that is a key point and really important to stress that just because you go and get your eyes tested and you might have really, really good vision, I'm imagining, but that that, that is not the same as the eye tests we are talking about in terms of your overall eye health. They are two separate things. And just because you have good level or good levels of vision, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're clear from things that we've just been talking about. Yeah, that's right. And so the key message there is whenever someone with diabetes is going to get an eye check, it's important that they let the optometrist or the ophthalmologist know that they have diabetes. That is super important. And I guess it's probably a good time now to talk about keep sight. We've talked about, you know, how, how much we can play a part in the prevention of, of eye disease. But um, would you mind giving us a, a bit of an insight into what the keep sight program is? So keep sight really um, is, is a way to get reminders when um, your next eye check is due. So it's as simple as that. It's a sort of a digital program where you get sent an email or an SMS um, or a letter in the mail when your next eye check is due um, because we recognise that that it's all too easy to forget about um, things in, in the hectic um, life um, that you can sort of forget when your eye, eye check's due. So um, KeepSight is essentially our version of the um, screening program that was introduced in the UK so effectively. Um, so we recognise that the health system in Australia is very different to that from, from England and Wales, um, and so we've set it up so that it's a little bit different. Um, and so basically anyone can sign up to the KeepSight registry um, by going to the website, which is um, keepsight.org.au, um, or your optometrist, your GP, your diabetes educator can sign you up to the registry. It's as simple as entering um, your um, name and um, date of birth, your contact details, and the, t- the date of your last eye check, and you'll get sent a reminder when your next check is due. The, the program's run by Diabetes Australia, and we we really focused on that because Diabetes Australia is, is a trusted voice for people with diabetes um, and they have no vested interest in, um, in eye checks or eye exams. They're simply there to help advocate for people with diabetes. Um, we started the program last year in, in May 
And within the space of about a year, we've had almost 70,000 Australians sign up to get these reminders for their eye health, which is really encouraging. Um, We were tracking at about 2,000 new registrations every week up until the beginning of of the COVID-19 pandemic, and then we've had a bit of a dip. But I'm pleased to say that um, the registrations are picking right back up again um, and as as, um, optometry services are returning to normal. Uh, that's actually a good segue into a question I, I sort of had um, there, Peter, as well with COVID nineteen. So, firstly, we did a, a brief podcast, uh, sort of when this, I guess, kicked off about how diabetes doesn't take a holiday, and it's still something everyone has to manage throughout this global pandemic, despite a lot of the world shutting down. Um, diabetes never stops, but. Being at home and potentially spending more time looking at screens, working from home, doing all these kinds of things, can that have an impact on on your eye health as well or or is that not relevant? So I think the important thing to say is that that using your eyes um, doesn't do any harm. So looking, reading, watching television and so on, even if if you have some degree of diabetic eye disease, is not going to do your eyes any harm. Um, But what what we might find is that the um, because we've been perhaps a little bit less active at home, um, because we might, um, you know, have not watched diets as well or, um, you know, sometimes control has slipped down a bit. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's a case of having a look at your overall um, diabetes control, not being too hard on yourself if some of those um, some of those sugar levels or blood pressures have slipped below target, um, but then, you know, sort of being proactive and, and taking control again. I think that's the important thing about um, the, the pandemic. It's been a major disruption for us all and, and some of our, our good um, habits have, have slipped a little bit. Um, but as, as the restrictions are lifting now, I think there's, um, it's a great uh, incentive to, to get back in, in control. 100% mate it's been harder to exercise and certainly eat well and and keep active but um yeah our, our continual challenge to to live as good as we can and to control our diabetes as well as possible is is never ending now we've spoken a lot about the prevention of diabetes eye disease but um there are still some treatments available if you um are, are discovered to have it or or potentially if you are living with low vision or blindness um ways you can get some support yeah, so, and, and I mean, this is something that's changed quite drastically, even in the space of my career as an eye doctor. Um, over the last 10 to 15 years, our treatment options for people with diabetic eye disease have really been transformed. And so people who um, in the past might not have ended up with good vision because the disease, the diabetic um, eye disease is so advanced, are now um, looking forward to better outcomes um, thanks to new treatments. So I think the message is one of hope. Um, we still use laser treatment, and that's a very effective treatment for some forms of diabetic eye disease, um, but increasingly we're using um, in- injections into the eye, which um, sounds a lot worse than it is, a very tiny needle. Um, but those are allowing us to get improvements in vision that we never were able to see before. In a small subset of um, people, we need to progress to um, eye surgery. And again, the techniques for that are uh, improving all the time. And so this is often done as an outpatient procedure now. So you'll just pop in, um, have an operation and then head home the same day, which is you know, quite remarkable. Um, so I think that the message there is, is not to be afraid of the treatments um, and to um, have you know hope that the, the treatments can actually do a lot to protect and preserve and in and in many cases improve vision. 
if we, we are uh, found to, for, to have something that we need a treatment for, it is certainly uh, not a, a, the case of ignorance is bliss and, and you're better off not knowing. You, you're saying that um, the treatments are quite good, they're quite successful and you can still be quite hopeful that, that they will work. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, for instance, in the UK where they have introduced this screening program, the numbers of people who are going on to um, require surgery, you know, quite complicated surgery in some cases and the most, you know, severe cases have, have dropped dramatically. We're not seeing many, many operations needing to be done. Um, and so that, that's the goal in Australia to get to that sort of level so, so that we can get in with some laser or some injections at the right time um, so that we don't need to progress to, to surgery um, or advanced surgery. Absolutely. And people who are living with low vision or blindness, how they can get support? Yeah, so it's it's important that anyone that's got any um, vision impairment can can feel free to reach out to Vision Australia or Guide Dogs um, Victoria or Australia, um, because you don't have to um, be blind to um, benefit from the services that they can offer. They're very very experienced in helping people make the most of the vision that they have uh, with all sorts of aids and assistance and. And support. So it's important to reach out to Division Australia and Guide Dogs. Absolutely, mate. Now, just as we are about to wrap up, as we I could continue talking about this all day. It's fascinating, and and we uh, there are lots of questions to ask and, and lots of areas to cover. But just from my point of view, probably the three um, three areas to find more information. So the NDSS helpline is one eight hundred six three seven seven hundred. That's one eight hundred six three seven seven hundred. The Vision Initiative website is www.visioninitiative.org.au. Once again, that's www.visioninitiative.org.au. And just to rehash KeepSight as well that you touched on earlier, that is www.keepsight.org.au. Now, before I attempt to wrap it up, I'm sure you'll be much better than me at it. So the key messages that we would like people to take home Peter, from this podcast and the key learnings that we're trying to uh, embed in the people out there? So I think the number one message is make sure that you take time to invest in your eye health. The regular eye checks are really the best way to protect your vision for the future. Um, and so make sure you stick to those. A great way to um, get reminders so that you don't miss out is by signing up to um, the KeepSight program. So at keepsight.org.au. Um, and important to remember that just because your vision's fine now doesn't mean that you don't need to get those checks. You need to still get them checked to, to safeguard the vision for the long term. That, I think that's the key for me. Just This is not just about now. This is about protecting and, and looking after yourself in the future as well. And I think the key message from me that um, is worth reiterating as well, that your eye test in terms of getting your optometrist score is not the same as your diabetes health check. I think that's a key one to learn as well. Yes, absolutely. Getting a glasses check is not the same as getting a diabetes eye check. Absolutely, mate. I, I, I really appreciate you coming on this podcast, Peter. It's been great to discuss this with you 
in as a, or as a part of July, which is National Eye Health Awareness Month. It's as I said, there are so many key things. This is not about uh, embarrassing people uh, or anything like that. This is purely about trying to prevent any form of uh, eye health issues, um, particularly with you know those of us living with diabetes. Because the message that you've heard here is that a lot of it is preventable with early detection. So, Peter, once again, I, I thank you so much. Um, the work you're doing is fantastic and. It's been great to have you on today to clear up all this and and to help get the message out there as part of July. Thanks so much, Jack, and thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like to contact us, it's very easy. Simply send an email to podcast at diabetesvic.org.au or, of course, all the information you'll need is on the website, diabetesvic.org.au. 